not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, this morning I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is greater than any name, I pray that every ear and every heart will bow to the name of Jesus to hear the word of God. I thank you today for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word because you watch over your word to perform it. And so I declare in the name of Jesus that what we hear, what we receive, and what we partake of will bring revelation and a revolution into our lives. And I thank you that things are going to get better. Hallelujah. And somebody needed to hear that. That things are about to get better in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Good morning, everybody. Everybody say out loud, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. Sometimes we get stuck in a trial and it feels like it's forever. Say it one more time. Say things are about to get better. Amen. So today... I typically teach in series, but uh, I decided to do some independent messages because it's in my spirit to do it. And so about two months ago, I declared to you all that it was a due season. Everybody say it's due season. And so I'm here today to remind you that due season is not up. Sometimes we hear a prophetic unction and we seasonalize it with the natural or with carnal reasoning. But God's season, everybody say God's season. God's season does not always match ours. And so I'm here to tell you so that you won't sabotage your faith by thinking that due season is over. I'm here to declare that due season is still here. So keep your faith intact because I believe, and my pastor prophesied this last night on a live show that I did with him. He said the fourth quarter of this year is going to be so much better than the rest of this year that you've had. He said manifestation is going to start. And he says, he said it's coming in 10 days. I said, well, I'm counting down. I'm on day nine. I believe God wants the best for his children and his best, listen, comes in the form of his promises. And so most of God's promises require prerequisites and preparation. Everybody say prerequisites and preparation. And that needs to take place on our part. And I've discovered a major blessing that most believers are not qualified for or they haven't prepared for it. So... If you have the notes today, the message title is Faith for the Hundredfold. Everybody say faith Faith. 
for the hundredfold. Now, if I could subtitle today's message, it would sound something like this. Can you handle the hundredfold level? Everybody say, can you handle it? And so let's start our journey out in Mark chapter 10 very quickly. Mark chapter 10. Uh, we're going to read verse 17. Now, let me warn you in advance. I am going to read a lot of this because it's two stories that kind of merge into one. So I wanted to read the whole thing. And so we're going to start in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, and when he, Jesus, was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? How many know eternal life is hundredfold? I mean, you can't get a better life. If you, you're talking about eternal life, that's, that's next level stuff. So verse 18, it says, and Jesus said to him, why are you calling me good? There is none good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said, Master, I've observed these all in my youth or from my youth. And then verse 21, which is going to help us identify something, says, Then Jesus beholding him. Everybody say, Jesus beholding. Jesus, and I love Jesus because even when we off, he'll help us get back on. Jesus beholding him, he loved him and said to him, there's just one thing that you're missing. He says, listen, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have what, church? Treasure where? Treasure in heaven. And he says, and then I want you to come and take up your cross and follow me. And then verse 22 says, and he was sad. He wasn't glad. He was sad at that saying, and he went away how? Grieved. The man went away as if somebody died. He went away grieved. And then watch what happened. After he went away grieved, Jesus said in verse uh, 23, he looked around. Well, he was grieved because he had great possessions. Now, really, I would say that great possessions had him. Because anytime you can't give something, it owns you. You don't own it. So verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God? And his disciples were what? They were astonished at his words. In other words, they were like, what? But Jesus answered and said again to them, children, How hard is it for them that what? Trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished. Watch this. For him saying that, they were not just astonished. They were astonished out of measure. And they said among themselves, then who in the world can be saved? Why would they say that? It wasn't until Jesus said to them, hey, listen, You can't get in or or enter into the kingdom if you're trusting your riches. And it says they were greatly astonished. Why? Because some of them were rich. And most of the time, rich people hang around who? So they had a lot of rich friends. It was like, oh, wow. So then watch this. What? This is so good. 
Then Jesus said to them, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, how many things are possible? Watch verse 28. Then Peter began to say, hey, listen, Jesus, we have left how much? We've left how much? He says, we have left all and we followed you. Here's a take home statement if you just want to follow me. To move to a new level, you have to be willing to leave an old level. And Jesus answered and said it to him, there is no man, watch this now church, that has left what? House. Okay. And then he says, brethren, but I want you to see that all of these he's about to list is are things that he said a person left. So I'm going to use the word left in here. There's no man that has left a house, left brethren, left sisters, left father, or left mother, or left wife, or left children, or left lands. Watch what he says. For my sake and the gospels. Verse 30. But he, he who? The person who was willing to leave all of that stuff. He said they shall receive what church? Come on, church. Come on, online people. How much? A hundredfold win. Now in this what? Now in this, I'm excited because I remember there's a time in my life where I'm doing my thing. I'm working in corporate America. I was 27 years old making $40,000 a year. You say, well, pastor, that's not a lot of money. That was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I'm making 40 grand. I'm single. I'm balling. He's balling. And God asked me to quit my job and go to Bible school. I reminded him of this promise. And the reason I'm excited is because I have qualified for the hundredfold because I did what he told me to do. I left it all. He said, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. A hundredfold of houses, a hundredfold of brethren, a hundredfold of sisters, a hundredfold of mothers, a hundredfold of children. You're like, I don't want that many. <laughs> well, it depends. If you own a chain of child care centers, I wouldn't mind a hundredfold of children. A hundredfold of lands. And then he says, with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. I want you to notice something before we jump in this. You have to leave something to receive something. Everybody say, you have to leave something to receive something. Jesus is saying, if you will leave all of this, I will give you all of this. And so what I want to do before we talk about the hundredfold, I want to talk about the prerequisites that come with the hundredfold. So the first point, if you're taking note, notes are it's the prerequisites for the hundredfold level so let me explain what a prerequisite is uh, if you look it up in the dictionary the word prerequisite means something that must happen or exist before something else can happen or exist i'm gonna say that again it means something that must happen or exist before something else can happen or exist. In other words, it's like, uh, how many have gone to high school, high school people? Right. Before you can go to the 10th grade, the prerequisite is you got to finish the work in the 
in the ninth grade. If, how many been to college? Yeah, right. Well, there are some prereqs you have to have in college. They say, listen, there are some certain classes that you have to take as a freshman before you can move on to your sophomore or junior year. Well, the same thing is in scripture. Here's some prerequisites. Remember the Jericho wall? Well, they had to march around Jericho or the wall, that's the prerequisite, before the wall came down. Remember Jesus' first miracle when he made water into what? Wine. How many like wine? Any wine drinkers? Yeah. Right? Well, listen, the prerequisite is Mary, his mother, said to the people at the party, Hey, listen, whatever he tells you to do, you need to do it. And he told them, I need you to go fill these water pots up with water. That's a prereq. He says, I need you to do that. And when they did it, he was able to turn the water into wine. So my point here is we have two main prerequisites that exist and must happen, listen church, before the hundredfold can be received. Here's what I'm saying. Just like you had to finish some classes in the ninth grade before you could go to the tenth grade, I'm saying to you, these two things that I'm going to point out this morning are two things that must take place before the hundredfold uh, level can be received. Here is number one, if you're taking notes. Prerequisite number one in order to receive the hundredfold. You must trust God with all before he can bless you with all. I'm going to say that again. You must trust God with all before he can bless you with all. In other words, listen, church, if you can't be trusted at the 30-fold level, how can you be trusted at the hundredfold level? Did you get that? How can you be trusted with the hundredfold level if you have not been trusted at the thirtyfold level? If you can't be trusted, listen, to tithe from making $30,000 a year, how can you be trusted to tithe on making $60,000 a year? So in Mark chapter 11, we can see this, this principle, uh, from this first prereq, which is you must trust God with all before he can bless you with all. We can see it in the life of the rich young ruler. He told him, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have. Jesus was giving this guy an opportunity, watch this, to live a life that he could never dream of. But the Bible says, He was grieved because he had great possessions. But here's the thing. The great possessions had him. And that's why Jesus continued in verse 24 and told him, hey, those who trust in riches cannot enter the kingdom of God. So can I say this? You don't have to be rich or have lots of money to trust in it. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Because see, see, some of y'all didn't get what I just said. You don't have to be rich. Or have lots of money for you to trust in it. So here's a side note. Everybody say side note. Here's a side note. And this is for all of you who are giving below your financial potential. So just look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but he probably talking to you though. Yeah. Yeah. This is for those who are giving below their financial potential. Listen, you are not just robbing God, but you are robbing you. 
Now you may say, well, P.E., because you know I got all kind of word names in the church. Some of y'all call me Pastor Edmund. Some people call me P.E. Some people call me Pops. Some I got all kind of names. So I'm going to just tell you P.E. means Pastor Edmund. That's just what that means, all right? You may say, Pastor E., what you mean? Listen, because, listen, your giving right will cause God's blessing to be right in your life. So what I'm about to say is not for those who are currently consistently tithing. What I'm about to say right now, it's not for them. So look again at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me, but he probably talking to you though. No, no, this is, you know, because a lot of times we forget that when a an organization like we have grows, we think everybody has heard what we know, but just because we've been around. But that's not the case. And so I'm not talking to those who are tithers. I'm talking for those who are not. And listen, for the first time in 19 years as a church and as a pastor, our benevolent budget is the highest it has ever been. I don't want you to clap for that. Here is why. Now, the benevolence budget is for us to help our members. He said, well, praise God. No, I said it's the highest, which means that lots and lots of people need financial assistance. But here is something you may not know. The majority of people who receive financial assistance from this benevolence budget are not tithers. Houston, Dallas, Arlington, we have a problem. (laughs) Pastor Lisa kept coming to me. So finally I said, we have to raise the budget so you can stop coming to me about this. The unfortunate part is this. It's one thing to get in a jam. It's another thing when your life is a jam. And let me say this to you. Every, now remember I told you I'm talking to the people that ain't tithing. Every time you keep that dime that God requires out of every dollar, you rob God and you rob you. So here's the question. Here's the question. Why wouldn't you do something that God says will bless you and protect you? I'm going to ask that question again. Why wouldn't you do something that God says will bless you and protect you? So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to go to Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to read it out of a version I never read out of for this particular verse. And it is the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it. I'm going to point something out to you. He says, now this was God talking to Malachi. He says, bring how much church? All the what? All the tithes. So that means whatever increase hits your hand, God is expecting a tithe, which means a tenth of all of it. He says, bring all the tithes, but watch what he tells you to bring it. Into where? The storehouse. Not nobody else's house. You don't give your tithe to a bomb on the street. I ain't against bombs, but I'm just saying, I'm going to help my cousin out. You don't give your cousin God's tithe. How are you going to be a thief and give somebody else's money to somebody else? Doesn't work like that. He says, 
bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there may be enough food in my temple. Watch these next three words. Read it with me. If you do. Wow. Let's see what happens. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heavens, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. He says, try it. I want you to put me to the test. He says, and if you do, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. That sounds good, don't it? Now, church, the beginning of that verse, when we read it, God said he would do some amazing stuff. But then I thought to myself, one of the parts in that verse, he says, if you do. So then I started thinking, well, what if we don't? I mean, that's a good question, right? So I thought, well, what happens when we don't? I said, well, let's read that verse backwards. So this is what it would sound like. Are you ready? If you don't bring all the tithe to the storehouse, there won't be enough food in my, t- my temple, my house. And you got to remember, God, back in the day, tithing did not start with Abraham. Tithing did not start with Jacob. Giving the first fruit started all the way in the Garden of Eden with Cain and Abel. That's when giving the first took place. But watch what he says. If you don't, says the Lord of heavens, armies, I will not open the windows of heaven for you. I will not pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. If you don't try it, if you don't put me to the test, your crops will not be abundant. For I will not guard them from insects and disease. Do you see how serious God takes his house? And see, because we're carnal, we have made his commandments part of culture. Well, I ain't giving that church no. See, you're not already messed up. He said it was his house. Ain't got nothing to do with the pastor. Because let me tell you something about the pastor. God's going to judge every pastor in America and in the world on what they're doing with what he has given them stewards to be over. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. See, some of this stuff that y'all seeing with pastors getting busted for stuff, they was doing that stuff for years, and God was trying to help them. He was trying to show grace. He was trying to show mercy. But let me tell you something about seeing. You don't know where grace stops and judgment begins. Nobody knows where that line is. So I'm talking to somebody right now. Get your life right. Anyway, that was all free. God takes his house very seriously. I'm going to read another book in the Bible that talks about God's house. So you can see that he's serious about it. Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. It says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The people are saying, the culture is saying, the time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai and he's sending it now through Pastor Eben in 2024. Why are you living in luxury? luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins this is what the lord of of heaven's army says look at what's happening to you 
You've planted much. You're working overtime. Three shifts, but the harvest coming in is little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You're drinking, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot be warm. And your wages, the money you're working for, disappears as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. And you wonder why you're living from paycheck to paycheck. It's because you have holes in your pocket. Verse 7 says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills and bring down some timber or some wood and rebuild my house. Notice the focus is his house. And then he says, then I will take pleasure in it and be honored. Watch verse 9. You hope for a rich harvest. But they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, you brought your paycheck home. Listen to what God said. He says, I blew it away. Why, he says, because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own house. It's because of you that the heavens have withhold the dew and the earth is producing no crops. You wonder why we're living in a country right now that the government is always looking to have to shut something down. Here it is. We're not talking about thousands in debt, millions in debt. We're talking about not billions in debt. Our country is trillions of dollars in debt. You know why? Because we as a country are not honoring God. We have it printed on our money. In God we trust. We don't trust him. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. Watch what God says. I have called for a drought on your fields and the hills and a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees. A drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked hard to do. You know what happens when hard time hits? You run to God. And so when you continue to read, because I'm almost, I got to get to where I'm going. When you continue to read that chapter, you will go back and read where the people started rebuilding God's house. So here's the question. Why wouldn't you do something that God says will bless you and protect you? Why? Here's the answer. I'm not going to elaborate on it because you don't believe that it will. It's that plain and simple. Now, listen, the only way to experience the blessings and the breakthrough and the protection that God promises at this level, guess what has to happen? It comes with giving to God first. Everybody say first. And the devil, our flesh and our circumstances talk us out of doing this, especially out of being consistent. We say stuff like, well, I ain't seen it happen. You start tithing and a month go by or maybe two months go by. You say, I ain't seen nothing happen yet. I'm going to stop doing this. How many got car insurance? Anybody got car insurance, car insurance, car insurance? All right. Uh, uh, you know, have you ever had car insurance? And let's say you've been in on having paid for it for like eight months and you ain't had no accident. And you'd be like, shoot, forget this. I'm going to call them up. And tell him I don't need this car insurance because I ain't had no wreck. What fool would do that? Well, see, you don't know what God has been protecting you from. And what he's protecting you from right now. You don't know what that looks like. Amen. But lots of people do that with time. They just stop. They say, well, it's not working, so I'm going to stop. Well, you don't know the protection that comes with that. 
See, when you give to God first, he blesses the rest of what you have. Romans chapter 11, verse 16 in the NIV says, if the first, if the part of the dough offered as first fruit is holy, watch what happened to the rest of it. Then the whole batch is what? Holy. Listen to the RSV version. If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. In other words, when you and I give to God first, he blesses the rest of what we have. And this is why you don't want to give nobody other than God the first of your income because they can't bless you. The electric company can't bless you. General Motors can't bless you. Uh, uh, TU Electric can't bless you. Only God can. So, remember, the first uh, hundredfold prerequisite, I said, you must trust God with all before he can bless you with all. So, I, I have an example. So, uh, let me see here. Uh, let me use a, a kid. Chad. Chadwick. Come on up here. Come on up here, young man. Uh, y'all give him a hand clap while he comes. So, remember I said, people don't tithe. Right? Now, how much is a tithe of a dollar? How much? Ten cents. I found the dime on the ground the other day. I didn't walk past it either. I picked that dime up, right? So, I'm going to give Chadwick a dollar. In dimes. Count that. Make sure that's a dollar. Is that a dollar? Okay, so how much? I'm going to act like I'm the Lord. I'm not the Lord. I'm not the Lord online. Don't be trying to cl- clip this up and make it say I am. I'm pretending to be the Lord. So 10% of $1 is what, Chad? Ten cents. So I'm the Lord. You need to return 10% of what I blessed you with. So can I have my dime? Thank you. Now, I have a question. Is it easy to trust somebody you don't know with a dime or with a thousand dollars? Huh? It's not a quick question, a trick question. It's not. It's not a trick question. Let me ask it again. Let me rewind. Is it easier to trust a complete stranger with a dime or a thousand dollars? Which one? Dime, a dime, a dime. Okay, so because he gave me my dime, It wasn't his dime. Notice I didn't tell him to give me a dime. I said, I need you to return my dime. But because now he did it, he qualifies for the next level. So now I'm going to give him, what's the next thing? Ten dollars. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, Chad, you got ten dollars now. All right. Chad, question. Go ahead and count it. He wants to make sure. <laughs> How much is 10% of $10? A dollar. Oh, he's just willingly giving it to me. Glory be to God. Well, 
why would he do that so fast? Because he saw it work the first time. Oh my God. I gave him a dime. He gave me $10. Well, because I see that he entrusted me to give, to, to give me what's mine. What's the next level? A hundred. No, 50. He said 10,000. In your dreams, Chad. In your dreams, brother. <laughs> Next level, $50. Chad, here's $50. Now, you're in high school now, ninth grade. You don't have your phone for a calculator. What's 10% of $50? Five dollars, Chad. You owe me, the Lord, five dollars. Do I want it? See? See? As the money is going up, your mind starts changing. Do you want it? Of course I want my money. You talking about? Give me my money. Chad is slowly losing momentum. Next level, $100. Two, four, six, eight, ten. $100, Chad. How much do you owe me? 10%. I'm the Lord. I don't care if you give it to me or tens, ones. Thank you. Here is my ten. Now, here's the problem. He gave me a dime. He gave me a dollar. He gave me a five. And he gave me ten. Which one do you think was the most to give? Huh? Which one? The 10? How many say the 10? Raise your hand. They're all dimes. So why are you struggling to give the Lord a dime when he lets you keep 90% of it anyway? Why are you struggling to give him a dime when he's protecting you. Why are you struggling to give him a dime when he's going to bless you and open the windows and pour you out of Why are you struggling over a dime? So because Chad has helped me and because, listen, I have to do this in the second service. So he can't keep that money. Look at me. Oh my God. But I got some more money though. More money, more money, more money. Chad, because you helped me, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars. Put this up here. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Y'all give Chad a big hand clap. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Did y'all get, the, y'all get it? So listen, 
Let me, let me just say this. Let me say this. It's hard to trust God with something you think is yours. And let me just say this too. Because see, there are people who tithe and they struggle. And I'll talk to you later about that. But most of the time, if you're tithing and you're struggling, you're not properly managing. Amen. Shortage is a sign that something is wrong. Shortage, watch this, is when you need God's help, not trust only in yourself for help. And see, it may not have looked like it, but trust didn't start with the dime. Trust started with all. Did y'all see that? So, let's talk about the second uh, prerequisite for the hundredfold. The first one was, I got to be willing. Let me reread it. The, the, the first prerequisite is you must be willing to release. You must be able to trust God with how much? All before he can bless you all. Here's number two. You must be willing to release what God has blessed you to receive. And that's why in Mark 10, 28, he said, Peter said, we have left all to follow you. So here's the difficult question. Are you willing to give it all if God asks you for it? God promised Abraham a son. And then after giving him the son, he required or he asked Abraham to give Isaac back to him in the form of a sacrifice. So. One of the reasons, because if you go and read the story, he was getting ready to sacrifice his son, Isaac. The angel told him to stop. Then he looked up and he says, go get that ram that's in the bush and I want you to sacrifice him. I believe the reason God stopped him from sacrificing, well, listen, his only begotten son with Sarah and him, I believe, is because God wasn't going to let Abraham do something he hadn't done yet. God would not let us be the first to do nothing. He's going to be the first to do it. And that's why Jesus, his only begotten, was the first one that died. Say amen to that. So, the second prerequisite, you must be willing to release what God has blessed you to receive, uh, is where now this hundredfold starts to kick in. So, let me just say this about living at the hundredfold level. If you give the same, Chances are you're going to live the same. Now, see, this is where now offering comes in, which I'm going to talk about not today or nothing. But if you give the same, chances are you're going to live the same. I checked my offering today. I checked it because I just wanted to make sure that I, I, I'm living what I'm teaching. And my offering, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling y'all I live what I teach. My offerings here was over 14. Not Not first lady. You know, uh, not ours together. This is before we got marriage stuff. But, uh, mine is $14,000. Watch this. If you give the same, chances are you will live the same. Here's what's dangerous. If you upgrade your living and not increase your giving, you will eventually live by your hand and stop living out of God's hand. Did y'all, ooh, I'm gonna say that again. If you upgrade your living and not increase your giving, you will eventually live by your hand and stop living out of God's hand. So here's a word for those of you who do tithe, and I'm ending right here. If you don't watch it, 
you will have action for tithing, but not have the faith energy behind it when you do it. See, these are people who religious tithe, who are consistent tithing, but you got to watch it because if, if you have the action and you're obedient in your tithing, you got to watch it because you also have to have the faith energy behind it as well. And this is why you need to hear the word on tithing like I'm doing right now. Why? Because faith only comes from hearing. And watch this. No hearing messages on giving. Then guess what? No faith to give will be attached. That's why you have to hear. How does faith come? By hearing. So if you never hear the word no more on tithing, just because you're doing it doesn't mean you have faith behind doing it. You have obedience or action behind doing it. But watch this. If faith without works is dead, then works without faith is dead too. So how are we going to apply this word? Some of us need to repent from not trusting God at all. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to listen to this message again and again until faith to give is burning in your heart. Number three, you're going to start today. There's, I'm going to do a financial altar call. There are some people watching me and there are some people in this room. God's been waiting on you. And you know what's funny is he's been checking you to try to get it. But because you haven't been listening to him, he said, well, I'm going to use Pastor Edmund. And see, don't think it's for me. Are the lights on? Lights on. Y'all feel the air? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go check the water. It's running. Was it grass cut? Yep. Does the church still look good? Cleaning company still being paid. So your money ain't necessarily helping that. Because if it did, we wouldn't have it. I'm just trying to knock out these excuses the devil be telling you. Here's what I'm going to do next week. Next week, I'm going to be showing you how to break the pattern of unbelief because the only reason you don't do something is because you don't believe. So I'm going to show you how to break the pattern of unbelief. And then I'm going to expose next week the biggest enemy to the hundredfold level. The biggest one. Because most people don't reach the hundredfold because of this one major enemy that I'm going to point out. So with every head bow, did y'all get something out of the message today? So with every head bow. Every head bow. There are some people in this room and there are some people watching me today. You have, I I just, all I hear is excuses. I got this going, I got this going, I got this going, I got this going. The problem is you will never get out of that whirlwind until you trust God. And so there are some people who are not tithing. You haven't been consistently tithed. And your tithe, if you do it, is depending on your circumstances. And I'm hearing God say, trust me today. Trust me. I can do more with what you give me than what you can do that I let you keep. And so there's some people that need to respond to the altar call today. By saying, Pastor Evan, I, 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 I'm convicted. But I don't want you to just stay convicted. The whole purpose of conviction is for us to do something about it. It's for us to make a decision. And so there are some people that need to make a decision. You are going to be a tither. 
You are going to return to God 10% of every dollar you get. And today is the day to start. So here's the deal. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than to raise your hand and say, Pastor Evan, you're talking to me. I'm not tithing, but I, I'm, I'm convicted today. And I'm going to start. I'm, I'm, and see, you raising your hand is letting the devil know, I'm not going to let you pin me down no more. I'm going to wait for the hands to go up. because it's, it's, Believe it or not, church, I would be generous by saying half of our church tithe. I would be generous if I said that. I don't even think it's 50%. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Put your hand up real high. Nobody's looking but me. The cameras ain't on you. Just go ahead and put your hand up. And listen, if you can't put your hand up in here, you say, because I hear somebody thinking, they say, well, I'm not going to put my hand up, but I'm going to start. No, 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 you're not. Because whatever the devil keeps in the dark will stay a stronghold. And you're like, keep your hand up, keep your hand up, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. I want you to know I see you. I want you to know I see you. I want you to know. You're doing good. I'm going to wait because there's some people still struggling. Why are you struggling over 10 cents? Now, those of you who have your hands up, keep them up. And then look up at me. Only you. Keep them up. Look up at me. Once I say, you can put your hand up. Thank you. I see you. 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 Thank you. I see you, man of God. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you, 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 I see you right here. I appreciate that. Thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you in the back. Thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you right here. Thank you, I see you right here. Thank you, I see you. Thank you, I see you. Appreciate that. Thank you, I see you. 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 I'm going to wait. Thank you, I see you. Appreciate that. Thank you, I see you back in the back. Thank you, I see you right here. Anybody else? Wave at me if I missed you. Thank you, I see you. I'm going to wait. There's a, uh, there's a, thank you, I see you right here. Uh, there's a single mother who is struggling. And one of the reasons you feel you're struggling is because you're not being financially supported by the children's dad through child support. But I hear the Lord telling me to tell you, he's a better father. And if you will trust him, he will stretch and multiply that which you give him. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody. You didn't raise your hand. I'm talking to you. Don't let your circumstances keep you from obeying God. Anybody else before I move on? Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. I appreciate that, young lady. Anybody else? Thank you. I appreciate your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I appreciate your hand. See, some of y'all going, ooh, I can't wait for him to just keep going. Let's move on. No, no, no. There are some people whose lives are at stake today. Anybody else? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. In fact, I want us all to pray this prayer together. Those of you who raised your hand and those of you who didn't, say, Lord, today I repent from not trusting you the way I should with the money you bless me with. Today, I surrender my heart 
to your process, to your principles. And I'm expecting you, Lord, to do what you said you would do as I do what you've asked me to do. I thank you for the windows being open, for blessings being poured out. Thank you for protecting me and everything that relates to me. And I surrender today to see you work in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head still bowed, if you die today.